Welcome to College Q&A. I'm Justin Myrick, and recently my son Drake said I need new intro music. So let's do this. Hey, Dad, how about some college questions? Let's hear them. Let's hear them. All right, we're rolling with our newest episode. And the question, why is being coachable so important? Let's talk about this list of 10 skills that require zero talent. Some of you may be familiar with this, but if you're not, let me give you these 10 things. I really like this list, and we're going to talk about, obviously, one of these is about today's episode. Here's the list of 10 skills that require zero talent. Pay attention. Be on time. Hard work. Effort. Body language. Energy attitude, passion, being coachable, doing extra, being prepared. I really like this list because the reality is in life, so many people lack doing the little things well. It's easy to let these things slide. And yet it's these 10 things that I think end up being a big deal. They make such a difference in life. Today, we're talking about one that I believe affects all the others. Well, this one, an attitude, but honestly, I think the one we're talking about today might even trump that one. Cause here's the thing. If you're not coachable, if you're not teachable, how can you ever even see that your attitude is bad? You won't. If someone calls you on it, you'll make excuses. And I really like the word coachable makes me think of sports. And have you ever noticed in sports, have you seen players that respond to coaching in a negative way? Of course we have. Players at times can have a hard time being coached. And as we're going to explore today, I think we can easily be like that. There's so many life lessons here with this topic, and I'm excited to get into it now. And I'm excited to introduce our guest for this episode, my good friend, Jeremy Ayette. In 2010, Jeremy and his wife, Natalia, launched out from First Baptist Church to a church plant in San Diego, California. God has used he and his family in a major way and continues to do so as they are still serving in San Diego. Jeremy is now the North American Mission Board Sin City Coordinator and plays a crucial role in church plants all across the city. And our church is blessed to be partners with him in ministry and are grateful for all the ways he has served so faithfully. He's a great friend and someone I'm excited to hear share about what it means to be coachable and why it's so important for us as we seek to honor God with our lives. Let's listen in to what Jeremy had to say. Hello, College Questions podcast listeners. My name is Jeremy Ayett. I work with the North American Mission Board in San Diego. And a long time ago in the early 2000s, I was a college student at Arkansas Tech. I love being a part of FBC Russellville. And I'm so grateful for uh, Justin Myrick, uh, Brad Branham, Hello Church, all that you guys are doing there on the campus. And I'm excited to be able to dive into this question today on this podcast. Why is being coachable so important? To get started, I want to think back to a popular movie, Avatar. And in that movie, Jake Sully, an injured Marine from Earth, is trying to be taught the ways of a unique alien people group. As Jake tries to be accepted, a leader challenges him. And she asks, it is hard to fill a cup that is already full. Jake responds, My cup is empty. Trust me. 
He had lost much before and found himself in a teachable posture. It's a pivotal moment in Jake's life in the movie and leads to tremendous change. And I think this scene reflects another saying I've heard, you can't teach someone something that they already know. Being coachable is a recognition that my cup is not perfectly full and I don't have it all together. I do need help. Still, it's really hard to do it. It's hard to be coachable. It means lowering our pride and humbling ourselves. Before we get started, I want to look at some common terms in the Bible that communicate being coachable to make sure we're on the same page. Uh, These include to listen to instruction or insight, to accept commands, correction or discipline, to obey or to to follow uh, some kind of command, to pursue wisdom or knowledge, even to fear God. And it means to revere and respect him, to see him as a central authority figure that he's God and we're not. And here's three reasons why it's so important that we are coachable uh, as it's revealed in scripture. The first is that being coachable is foundational to following Jesus. It's a central issue because it's a gospel issue that directly impacts everyone. If you follow Jesus, this verse will be review, but I want to make sure we're all on the same page. Romans 5, 8 says this, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This verse lays out that all of us are sinners, which means we have made choices and lived in ways that are evil in God's eyes. It's harmful to us. It's unhealthy, self-defeating, painful, selfish, and so much more. The result of this action has caused caused catastrophic damage to every aspect of our being, our lives, our world, and those around us. There's nothing we can do on our own as we are dead and utterly helpless in our sin, much like a patient who finds themselves in in, in a heart condition or cardiac arrest and faces immediate death without emergency medical attention. The ultimate destination for us as people when we refuse and reject the eternal life that God offers is an eternal death. And it's something that God wants to save us from, but it is real. And I know some of you uh, may not be familiar with that, or maybe you're not for sure that that's there, but it's a key part of the gospel. And But the good news of the gospel is that God's love compelled him to intervene. He sent his son Jesus to pay our penalty and conquer death by rising again. And this is available to all people, no matter who you are, where you are from, or what your views or attitudes have been in the past. Uh, if you think about it, it's we're much like a, a sailor who has been lost at sea and is nearing death by drowning. And we are encountered by a Coast Guard rescue helicopter or a swimmer. And our job is merely to take the hand. We don't have to do anything but just to give them permission to help us. And that's what we do with Jesus. And the way that I describe this to people is very simple. ABC, we admit our sin to God, believe Jesus is God's son who died and rose again. And, and the C is we commit our lives to Jesus as Lord. So the first act of faith by following Jesus is a recognition of our need for coaching and intervention. From the beginning, we must be coachable to follow Jesus. And that continues as we grow as believers. And that's the second point is being coachable reflects our maturity as a follower of Jesus. In other words, the more you grow in Christ and reflect his purpose, identity, love, character, and mission, you will be coachable. There's a direct relationship between those. When we are presented with wisdom or truth, that means we have to make an adjustment of some kind and we refuse. We are being immature 
and unwise. We've all been there, and but that's that's just how we're responding. And that doesn't mean it's easy to accept coaching, though. Uh, and just to clarify, nobody likes to be told they're doing something wrong or to be confronted. It hurts. It damages our pride and most times leads to some kind of rationalization on our part. These are things that I've seen in myself or I've seen in others. It's in a split second in our heads. A lot of times we don't always say these things, but we think them. We may try and remove the credibility of the person who is giving the correction. We, we think, who are you to correct me? We, we blame someone else for what happened. We uh, defend that what we're doing really isn't that bad or we have some other defense. Uh, other times we feel threatened and discouraged and we may start to beat ourselves up or enter into some other kind of self-defeating, broken line of thinking. And this of, of thinking, and this can lead to unhealthy coping mechanisms and actions that make things way worse. The key is not to respond from a sense of hurt or pride or dysfunction, but to yield to the Holy Spirit working in us for those of us who follow Jesus. And if you don't follow Jesus, this is a great chance to, to learn to, to rely on him and to ask him to help you. And when we pray and ask God to grow, he often sends people to coach us. So if we aren't listening to, to these people that God sends in us, we're rejecting the very means that God wants to use to grow and help us. Proverbs has many verses to speak on this, but I just wanted to briefly share three. Proverbs 27.6 says, Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Proverbs 24, 26, an honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. Proverbs 10, 8, the wise in heart accept commands, but a chattering fool comes to run. So the next time you receive coaching, instead of just reacting uh, from that damaged identity, ask God to help you to be coachable and teachable. Remind yourself, this is a good thing. This hurts, but a real friend, my real friend will tell me the truth. And honesty is a good thing because it shows where I really am, not just where I perceive to be. And this is the very help that God wants to use to grow me. I just need to listen and ask questions and let the Lord use this in my life. I can't grow if I'm spending so much time defending myself. One shortcoming doesn't make me a failure. I'm not defined by my performance, but who I am in Jesus. I'm gonna learn from this and I'm gonna come back stronger than ever. It's more important to respond with wisdom and maturity uh, also when we don't feel like it. We just do what's, what's wise or what's right and we listen and, and be coachable even when our emotions tell us otherwise. That's the Holy Spirit working in us and giving the ability to do what we're not able to on our own. And the third and final thing, third reason why it's important to be coachable is because it allows us to experience the abundant life and missional significance that Jesus desires for us. One of my favorite verses is John 10, 10. Jesus says this, the, thief's only, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus has your best interests at heart. He knows what you need even before you ask. Try this for perspective. Any of us right now in any given area of our life, there's a decent chance we don't know what we even need. And most people in our world are running around, they're spending all of their life, sometimes uh, taking shortcuts and causing themselves and others pain, and they're spending their energy, money, and time pursuing things that even if they catch it, will not satisfy them in the end. I mean, that's, that's just sad. But Colossians 3.3, 3, uh, Paul is speaking to 
uh, believers. And he says, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. We find the very thing that we look for, the life that we're looking for in Jesus. This meaning, significance, rest, a future, the hope, the eternal life, the adventure that we seek is found in Jesus. Seek him and you get everything. Don't just wait to be confronted with coaching. Seek it out diligently. Remember, if we humble ourselves, he will lift us up in due time. Some of us are like Jake and uh, from Avatar, like I mentioned earlier, and we know that our cup is empty. This world has emptied it. We have tried to fill it over and over again, only to, to feel emptier in the process. And I just want to encourage you to let Jesus fill it. And also, instead of forcing God to empty the contents of our lives, I would just encourage you to empty it now for him, to, to say, Lord, just look at my life and show me what needs to change. And one of my favorite verses, uh, it's a prayer that, that David prayed to ask God to do this is found in Psalm 139, 23 through 24. And this is how I'm going to conclude. And I'm just going to pray this for us. And I hope that, uh, you would pray this with me and, and pursue coachability. David wrote, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. These things we ask in Jesus' name, amen. I'm so grateful for Jeremy's wisdom on this topic and really appreciate how he clearly laid out the three reasons why being coachable is so important. I want to focus in on the number two that really jumped out to me as he was sharing. Number two, he said, being coachable reflects our maturity in Christ. Now think about this. What are the markers for us to know whether or not we are growing in the Lord? What things do we have in place to help us know, to help us see in what ways we're moving forward, much in what ways we're learning and growing in our faith? Well, being coachable is one of the key components, key markers for our maturity in Christ. I think it's the biggest one there is. I think of Psalm 119, verse 33, when he starts out by saying, Teach me, O Lord. You can stop right there because I think about this question. Have we stopped and prayed that prayer recently? Is is the prayer, teach me, O Lord, is that something that we do? I got to be honest with you. I think this is one of the greatest wisdom of Scripture. The greatest examples of prayer is to have a heart and keep a heart of a of accountability, of being teachable to God by asking him, teach me. You think about any situation that you found yourself in, any situation that you're facing. And if your prayer can be teach me, O Lord, in the midst of that, guess what's going to happen? You're going to be teachable. You're going to be coachable to the Holy Spirit. But it does require a teachable heart. And a teachable heart will result in growing in Christ. I also love how Jeremy emphasized the reality that it's hard to be coachable. I mean, let's be honest. It's difficult to accept correction, even from the Holy Spirit. We we want to say we know it's from God, it's good and right, but it's always difficult when someone's calling you out, correcting you, instructing you, essentially showing you where you're wrong. There's a great example of being teachable, being coachable from the late Kobe Bryant. He did something early in his career in the NBA that is a great example of what it means to be coachable. He sought to get wisdom and instruction from arguably the greatest to ever play the game, Michael Jordan. What's interesting is there's a lot of players that came before Kobe that wanted to learn from MJ and 
even tried hard to, you know, get in the inside with MJ and learn from him and, and kind of have a, an access to him. But MJ was hard to get to and it was going to take a lot of persistence and Kobe was willing to pay that price. Many people before him tried and tried and they would just fail and they'd give up, but not Kobe. He was set on being coached by the greatest. So he persisted. Anytime the Lakers played the Bulls, after the game, Kobe would wait and wait for MJ to come out so he could question him about the game, every little detail, or if I say every little, probably even one or two just small details of the game. Hey, how did you do this right here? How do I? Always asking him questions. And finally, you know what happened? MJ realized there was something special to this young man, and he embraced a brotherly role in his life. And kind of like a professor role, he embraced that, you know what? Okay, this this guy wants to learn from me. And you know what? I'm willing to teach him. And so he they did. They began a relationship that carried until the day Kobe died. What's so powerful to me is to consider Kobe's humility in wanting instruction from MJ. Kobe entered the NBA draft at, or in the NBA at 18 years old, became a star instantly. So many times in sports, you see great players reach a point where they feel as if they have nothing to learn. And if you watch closely to their body language, reactions, attitudes, it becomes clear they are no longer coachable. In their minds, they figured it all out. The example of Kobe being who he was and yet still wanting to be coached says so much, and I believe played such a crucial role in him accomplishing everything he did. He never stopped learning. Remember this, life is always better when we have a coachable and teachable heart, because having a coachable and teachable heart leads to obedience. And life is always better when we obey. It may not always be easier, and it may not always feel better, but in all things that truly matter, it will absolutely be better. Being obedient to God is so connected to our willingness to be coachable to the Holy Spirit. I want to end with my favorite proverb, well, one of them. Proverbs 12.1 Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid. Yep, you heard that right. So to sum things up, don't be stupid. Be coachable. Be teachable. Admit that you don't have it all figured out and you have a lot to learn. Embrace being coached and guided by the Holy Spirit in your life. Well, I want to thank you for joining in on today's episode. If you're enjoying the podcast, I want to encourage you to subscribe today. We've got more episodes lined up, and I'm excited to get those out to you. By subscribing, you'll get notifications when a new episode hits. And I want to invite you to keep asking questions. Let's keep these discussions going. It's needed and healthy. Until next time, I'm Justin Myrick, encouraging us all to stay connected to church connected to each other, and most importantly, connected to the God we love and serve. God bless.